What if you could actually shave years off your goal towards earning 100K in passive income and retiring? Hi, I'm Jared Krause. And I'm Sam Powell, and we are the hosts of Property Pals Australia. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing how you can actually use a residential property to help you get into a commercial property. And I guess the complexities around making sure it's the right decision for you, but also um, how you can actually do it. It's, it's quite interesting. We share a few stories and a few examples, um, and it's not as hard as you think. Yeah, those we actually use numbers and calculations on if you were to start at like buying a 500K $500,000 residential property, what it could look like in terms of capital growth and you either not adding income or savings towards the portfolio or just allowing the portfolio to grow in itself and what that could look like in terms of how many years and how many properties you may or may not want to purchase to get to that 100K in passive income with nuances around like you know, lending and LVRs for commercial deals. So there's so much value in this pod. I'm sure you guys are going to love it. Understand this is not the only way that we can help you for free. Please head to our website. Hello. Oh, sorry, that's our email. <laughs> head to propertypowers.au forward slash resources where we share how to maximize your borrowing capacity mini course that we've got. This will help you supersede uh, probably what what your actual time frame may be to get to your 100K passive income by getting a higher borrowing capacity to purchase better assets in the residential space and move into commercial. So, yeah, also check it out and leave us some questions at hello at propertypals.au. There's the email address. Thanks. <laughs> See, <laughs> See you on the inside. <laughs> Welcome to Property Pals, the podcast where we share everything around how to build a property portfolio from researching areas, financing, structuring, buying, selling, and reinvesting to live a life of financial independence. As a disclaimer, any information shared by myself, Jared, Sam, and the Property Pals team is strictly general and should not be taken as constituting professional advice. You should consider seeking independent legal financial and taxation advice from a qualified professional. Green means go, Rocky. <laughs> Green means go, Rocky. Matchy, matchy. Is that off? Uh, Paw is Patrol. That off? What is it? Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Uh, it's when you know you're in full parent life. Mm. All right. Uh, let's get into speaking about commercial property. Why or how to build a commercial property deposit using residential property. First, why, why commercial property? Like, why should we move from residential to commercial? What are the pros? What are the cons? Yes, we covered a lot about residential, and that's you know, generally the frameworks for strategy is you know, building those foundational assets initially, and then um, why commercial? Well, cash flow mm-hmm. is the biggest key, and there's a lot of people running around there hunting for cash flow, and you can get commercial really right, and you can get it really wrong. So it's um, obviously what we want to try and educate moving forward is how to get it right. And there's some really great people out there. So we're going to try and um, interview them as well uh, to pick their brains, to help educate you as, as much as uh, possible. So you're going in with your eyes wide open. Uh, but yeah, the initial thought process is you know, building a commercial property deposit using residential property investments. It's a pretty key strategy, right? So yeah. before, um, before we get into that, I don't want to rush into it. I want to do some foreplay here. Okay, okay. 
just to get people excited and understand why commercial like like all right let's just stack up a 1.5 million dollar home versus a 1.5 million dollar say you've got borrowing capacity it's a different thing because you can have a different deposit right but a 1.5 million dollar home how much is that going to make you as in a property investment in residential versus a 1.5 million dollar commercial Mm. so how much so say you buy a 1.5 million dollar home how much is that going to cost 1.5 1.5 million dollars yeah <laughs> good <laughs> oh, okay. in terms of deposit <laughs> uh, well I mean you can get deposit up to 90% uh, for 1.5 but uh, so that's uh, let's just so say 10% 150, 150 grand yeah 10% 150 grand so yeah let's and so let's just say 90% right 90% LVR for that you've got yeah for round figures for my brain and everybody else listening, uh, 150k d- deposit. Yep. All right. But you need to have obviously the serviceability to to, to be um, able to pay that. Yeah, to pay the um, 1.35 million dollars in in debt that you need to have. Yeah. Um, so yep. you and, and and what would uh, roughly 1.5 million dollar home? I know it's going to be different depending on where that home is, but like on average, what would you expect on average for a rental income per week? Thousand bucks a week. So you're probably going to be a bit negatively geared on that as investment property. Is that right? Heavily. Heavily. Because it's not. It's that's your gross, and then you got your council rates. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Maintenance, uh, management fees, things heavily, like that. Heavily, yeah, heavily when you think about all that, all those costs. So then the next question is, at what stage, what size property, residential property, do you stop investing in? Like, is it 800 grand? Uh, is it 900 grand? Is it a mil? Before it becomes neutral to negatively geared, so, sorry, I was just doing some calculations on my for the next question. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be asking me how around the commercial side. So, do you want to say that one yeah. again? Let, let's let's go through what's in your head. So, the, I thought you were going to ask me, well, what does a commercial property bring in? <laughs> so, yeah, on yeah. a weekly basis, if you're at six point five percent net yield on a commercial, that's bringing in eighteen hundred and seventy five dollars a week. So, extra eight hundred and seventy five bucks. How much is that a year? Ninety-seven thousand five hundred. Okay, so just say ninety-seven k. All right. So a one point five million dollar property can bring you in ninety-seven thousand dollars net income per year versus a one point five million dollar residential property, which would be heavily negatively geared, probably by like five hundred dollars a week or something. Just pulling figures out of your, your backside there. Yeah, but... I know. I am, <laughs> like, well, it's just negatively geared, right? Like no matter what or even if it's neutral and you got to a point where you bought something exceptional yeah it's a property investment it's neutral so you can see the difference you can really grow your wealth quite fast with commercial uh, because the net yield is is definitely superior yeah your cash flow is better cash flow is better and that's where you know people get ahead a lot faster so then that my next question was what stage or what size residential property do you stop investing in and move over to purchasing a commercial property? Like, for example, if you can get borrowing capacity for a eight hundred, well, you know, if you can buy a eight hundred thousand dollar house or a not a million dollar house, what one? When does it become 
more of a liability as a residential investment in, in terms of liability being negatively geared? Uh, it's just opportunity cost, right? Like it's, you can go down that, you know, you've got the borrowing capacity for $800,000 purchase. Um, you, the, what the, the roadblocks with commercial is that you do need that larger deposit. So I always like to compare apples with apples mm. with, you know, so if you've got a $1.5 million, you know, um, purchase capacity, you know, commercial, you're looking at a 30% deposit. So if you sort of go down that path of the same, same with resi, um, the next question is really like, well, what is your, your household income and what's your, you know, your, your goals essentially? Because the trade-off generally is the capital growth is um, greater in residential, but the cash flow is better in commercial. So looking at, at that front, it's a lot of people, don't, that's why I like to balance portfolios with residential and commercial because you get the best of both worlds. And at the end of the day, you know, most you want to be aiming towards a passive income goal because that's what's going to help you retire or, or get out of that mm. um, position that you're in. Um, and commercial is the, the fastest way to do that. It's using residential as, to help fast track that process. So as a lot a, as a starting point. Yeah, because not a, like so if you're going a 1.5 million dollar asset on a commercial front, then you're looking at what's that 450 thousand dollars as a deposit. Yeah, because guys, just so you know the. You know the you need a. It's normally like the best. It's there are nuances to this, but like normally it's a seventy five percent LVR, right? Or generally or, seventy or less. You can go eighty in commercial, yeah. um, and you can get no doc loans and lease stock loans and things like that. Um, there's shades of grey, and we're we're trying to make this as black as white, black and white as possible for us to conceptualise and you guys to conceptualise as well. But there's so many shades, uh, and. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big jump to get to a let's just say a million dollar property, right? A million dollar property you're gonna need like three hundred and fifty K in cash because you're gonna need entry costs as well. You're gonna need a bot you highly suggest using a commercial buyer's agent and then you're gonna have stamp duties and fees to for entry costs as well. So you're gonna need your deposit plus entry costs. Yep. Yeah, and the biggest barrier that people hit in that front. So, going back to your example, you've one point five million dollar. Do I buy a residential one point five? Do I buy a commercial one point five? If I had that, you know, uh, objective, a one point five million dollar residential asset. You know, if you're just looking at a detached house, it's not the best because from a compounding growth perspective, you want to be, you know, playing in that sort of seven fifty to below mark because more it's more affordable. Therefore, the capital growth prospects are you know higher higher because more people can afford that, and also in you know down periods in economic hardships, those lower priced properties don't um, get affected as much because people still need somewhere to live. Um, so it's a sort of a risk mitigation strategy. The commercial side, the biggest issue is if you're looking at a 1.5 million dollar purchase, you're looking at around 450 grand in cash or um, equity to, to do that. Most people get to that point if you've got your bank account staring at you with 450 thousand dollars in cash. It's um it's hard to get to because people they look at it and go oh well let's go on a holiday let's go do this let's go buy a new boat let's buy a bigger house you know yeah. and yeah. um they're not actually taking that time to reflect to go well what is what's our ten year goal what's our twenty year goal um they're kind of just the shiny ball syndrome marketing social expectations I'm doing well with my big car my big house and you know I'm still doing that job that I I probably 
hate or I might hate, but hey, no one else is going to pay me that money to... Isn't it funny to think like if you could just get 450 grand in cash... Uh, let, it's, we'll talk about how you can get 450 grand not just cash in your bank account but different ways as well using property um, residential property to get there uh, but isn't it funny to think that alright if I get 450k that I can use to buy a commercial property I can get 97 grand a year mm. in net income that's replacing my job if not sometimes better for some people that is you know, say they're earning an 80k wage right you're getting a net income of Almost a hundred grand, uh, and so that I want to. That's a good question. Yeah. I want to throw out there is, if someone gave you four hundred and fifty grand today, how would you spend it? Would you? What would you do with it? Yeah, how yeah. would you spend it? Would you? Are you the person that would just go and spend it all and then have that really good, you know, twelve to twenty four month period in your life? So, so good question. Or would you, you know, go and buy that asset that's going to give you a residual a passive income of ninety seven thousand dollars year on year and essentially well over a ten year period it could pay down the rest of the debt and then your income would increase so therefore yeah. it could even be higher. So and with yeah. rental increases as well, inflation and all that. So yeah. it's kinda of like saying, yeah, would you spend it now or would you take the the lower $97,000 a year, year on year for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I've got one <clears throat> one more th- thing of like carrot dangling or foreplay of why you guys should move into commercial faster. Um, if you can and you've got that risk appetite for it is that, and I want to tout this against what so many residential buyers agents are pushing for is buy 10, 10 properties fast or the goal is most people want to get to 100k in income, passive income um, from property and retire, right? Now, most residential buyers agents, they're really good at re- buying residential property. Great, good on you guys. But it's not the only strategy. And that's what they're pushing people is to buy as many residential properties as possible to get and buy them as fast as possible to get them to 100k in passive income. Obviously, the faster you buy them, the better off you're going to be further down the line. But you can get to this goal faster if you don't buy 20, 10 to 20 residential properties uh, by mixing in commercial. For example, you could buy two to three residentials, sit for a little bit, maybe five to six years, maybe eight years, and then go buy, depending on what you buy and stuff, but then you can go buy uh, a, a high cash flow commercial property. So. Yeah, with the equity in the residential portfolio that you've already built. So it's not your cash, it's the equity in that portfolio that you use as a deposit. And that's kind of what we're talking about is how do you build that commercial property portfolio side of your your portfolio yeah <laughs> poor, poor choice of words <laughs> so when so like let's let's hash that out right because somebody buys let's hash it out let's try hash it out linearly for everybody here listening guys understand there's going to be nuance to this there's going to be different market conditions and you know all these different things compared to like the prices you start out at but let's just say somebody buys their first property at 500 grand, a residential property of 500 grand. What, like that's their starting step. Where do we, like what are some, let's give like maybe two case scenarios on how they could get to a 1.5 million, or let's just say a 400K equity or 450K in equity and cash, around that range to get to a, a commercial deal. So 
take it away, I guess. Like, <clears throat> I'll jump in with some nuances and, and, and like different like things, but I guess if you buy a $500,000 property with 100K cash uh, in residential, you leave that for, let's just say it grows for, you know, should we go 8% a year? Yeah. Eight percent. Obviously, residential uh, buyers agents are, are typically achieving higher than ten percent ROI. Oh, ten percent capital growth per year. Typically, I have seen most re- uh, buyers agents achieve higher than ten percent. But should we stick with say eight percent to be conservative? Yeah, um, I so, run my growth figures off eight percent. Yeah, In Australian average is six to eight percent. So I take the high range on that. But yeah. So with that, say we buy a five hundred k property, and it's like it's. It's neutral after all uh, expenses and everything like that, right? So it's not negative, it's not passive, but let's just say a 500, 500K times 8% a year, which is 40 grand a year in capital growth, over say five years, you got 200K, mm-hmm. right? Now, let's just say that is growing in value. Do we buy another, when do we buy another residential property? Like we've already ha- almost halfway there after five years, right? So, do we buy another residential property, Sam? Like, and how how would you how would you suggest somebody get to this four hundred fifty ish k range? Yeah, well, I generally like to see two residentials in a portfolio, and that's just my personal opinion, right? Like, um, the if you go too early into the commercial, because there are risks involved in it, and then the capital growth prospects is, um, you know, you can you can. You can go straight into commercial. You get that really great cash flow, and then you can just go commercial, commercial, commercial because you're just focusing on cash flow. Yeah, and that is that is good um, to a certain extent. Uh, however, from a risk perspective, I like to see you know, both resi and commercial. And as the the buyer journey generally goes, is that they save up that hundred thousand dollars for that initial deposit. Mm-hmm. That's not going to really get you much in a commercial sense. That's um, got cap, cap, capital growth prospects as well as income. Um, because you do need that high deposit rate. So it's kind of like, well, getting that safety net in place, so setting your foundations, so you're going to have those, you know, one, two residentials is a nice um, sort of foundational where you're, you're diversified into different markets, you're getting capital growth. You're also understanding the what, it, what how the finance works, how property works, having tenants and um, getting comfortable with that scenario mm-hmm. and then going into a commercial play. So... You know, waiting five years, I'd say you'd probably want to go into a second residential prior to amplify that growth because then if you've got two properties going at 40 grand a year, you're going to get there faster uh, from that front. And then you're looking into, well, what can we do uh, with the equity in this portfolio? You know, it gets to, after a few years, you're getting them valued. If you're getting into a good growth location, then it obviously it amplifies that so it doesn't take as long. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you start weighing up your options going, well, what what is the next best path and what can we we can afford and i'd always push to go well let's let's go speak to a you know, um, investment savvy commercial mortgage broker um to see what those options are and then um you know go for a go for a hunt right like what's available yeah well let's let's <laughs> let's um let's take it back a bit i agree <laughs> but how do we get there right like we can't do it from one property so what, what's our next step? Do we go, all right, let's wait from 500K, a 500K property that's growing 8% a year. Do we go, and it's, that's 40 grand in capital growth a year, and it's neutral. 
do we, and this is purely an example, after three years' time, technically we've got 120K in equity, mm-hmm. right? Do we go, and that's without adding any of your own savings over three full years, I would suggest people, if they want to really fast track this is, number one, buying a higher growth location, of course, but also number two, add your own personal income as savings to your property portfolio. Uh, but let's just say conservatively, without adding anything in, you can buy a, a second property in three years for 120K. And say so you buy another 500K property, that's in round figures. So then you've got two properties growing for you, mm-hmm. right? And then let's just say they're growing it. You know, I, I know the first one has already been three years, so it's probably at like, what have we got? Um, it's, it's probably worth a bit more, but you've added that debt on. So let's just like put that as put that aside. Say it's still neutral, um, not passive and not negatively geared. And then you've got another 500K asset. So you've got one 500K asset that you've just bought and the first one that you bought for 500K, which is technically worth like around 600-ish K probably now, um, after that three years. You've got a 600K property growing at 8% and then you've got 500K property growing at 8%. So if you do those figures... This is how I like to think about it. I don't know if you're if you do it differently, Sam, but like one so you've got one point one, right? Times point zero eight, and this is being conservative. So you're getting eighty-eight grand a year in capital growth, right? Being conservative. So then you've got how 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 many how many years if you go four fifty four fifty divided by eighty-eight thousand five or something? Yeah, so it's it's like five, just under five years without you putting any extra uh, money into it, right? That's big caveat. Like if you put more money into it, you you can grow a lot faster. And we're using eight percent growth rate. Typically, you get more when you use a good buyer's agent. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We can refer you to some that are not us ourselves that you can use. Uh, And so that's a path to get to a commercial property in seven years time with buying three assets, two resis and buying one commercial at the end of it versus trying to buy a lot of resis at the start and waiting 10 plus years or 15 years before you can retire. So you understand like we're, yes, we're having a dig at these buyers agents, the residential ones that just do residential, right? We recommend them to start off with. But think about your think about your wealth journey independently, then move to different areas and assets that you can get you to your goals faster. Mm. And, and that uh, going full circle, commercial is not in everyone's goals either. So it depends on the individual. Yeah. But if you're like Jared and you're like you know, you're really pushing it to get that passive income side of it, because then they can um, you know, round out your portfolio and you get good diversification then yeah, commercial is an, an amazing vehicle to go down that path. Um, and it's kind of like you're, you can go and buy a whole bunch of residentials, but if you just wait those few years, allow the market to do that heavier lifting, mm-hmm. and then it's getting you into an, you know, more of a, um, a more income-generated investment, then 
it doesn't stop your residential journey there. It just adds fuel to the fire because now banks are looking at the higher income that's coming in from your commercial and your two residentials and your household income. Mm-hmm. And then you can go further and further because there's going to be a blockage after generally three to four residentials where yeah. you don't have the cash flow to service anymore. So people have to go and look for those higher income plays. And generally they start going into that commercial space or rooming houses. There's a lot of uh, traps in that that path where people they've got the properties they want more and more they can't service it they get a bit annoyed and then they start looking for alternative strategies and they go down a funnel of um, potentially someone who's not going to give them the right level of, of, of advice because it's not um, they might not know the right journey or they only know one product to push and they're pushing you somewhere where it may not be right for you yeah absolutely <clears throat> so, and that's that's just based on buying uh, two properties, right? Like, and f- after the so year three, you buy an eighty-eight. You you, you buy uh, another property, right? So you got those. You got that six hundred k property that you first bought. It was five hundred. It was five hundred k, and then you got another five hundred k property. You got that one point one mil in debt, uh, and you've got or in property value, I should say. Sorry, and then you've also got. Say you wait one more year and that grows in equity of 88 grand, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's 90 grand because you get like one property is like an extra percent of growth rate. <laughs> and then you also slap 10 grand into, you know, you've saved up 10 grand over your four years. That's a four year journey to get to there. Say you've saved up another 10 grand, you know, awesome. That's five grand a year that you're able to save. Then you can contribute to a deposit. You've got 100K that you can go buy another property. Right after year four, that is, and then so then you've got like say you buy a five hundred k property in year four, then you've got one point six million dollars uh, in property value times point oh eight, and you're getting one hundred twenty eight grand a year in capital growth, roughly. So then you might be able to move a little bit faster. So you go four fifty divided by one hundred twenty eight, then it's three and a half years on top of the four years. So it's four, five, six, seven, seven and a half years, I guess, but you got more residentials. So I guess there's different ways that you could do it, right? I, this is why I'm just, I'm just trying to uh, share some different strategies that people can use to get to a higher income asset and without having to add too much more to the, to the property portfolio other than their first. Well, each residential that you purchase is going to require a deposit. And each time you go into that next residential, you're eating away at that deposit that you know you can essentially use for your commercial. So the commercial, because it requires that larger deposit rate, it requires probably more time of you sitting on the sidelines doing nothing, mm. um, which it might be difficult for some you know, really active people. If you are really active, then let's look at the portfolio that you've got. You know, If you've got two or three, four is really good too. Four residentials going to a large commercial. It really depends um, mm. on obviously individual circumstances. But I'd sit there and go, like with the house that you've got um, in Ipswich, you know, the, the play there was to convert it from a three-bedroom to a four-bedroom. If you had, say, $10,000, you can do that conversion. Yeah. You're increasing your cash flow from your rental perspective and your capital value. So then you're going to have more capital to draw down upon, greater cash flow to help draw down upon that. Yeah. And that can fast-track you into that commercial play. And that's not requiring large deposit rates to yeah. hold more assets. It's just being smart with what you've got. Absolutely. And 
I could also sell that property after doing the reno and then take whatever capital I get from the sale. If I sell at the right time in the market, you know, I can then go and um, just maybe purchase a straight up purchase a, a commercial deal. And that's a really good shout, Sam, is like <clears throat> we're just talking about two to three properties that you could buy in a seven or you know five to seven year five to period. seven year period that can get you to commercial that can get you to a passive income of 100 grand yeah exactly and that that is without you buying something that has it's conservative eight percent growth rate and without buying something you said it's like it could be a value add you could buy something with a value add do a renovation on it and then boost the value of it a lot quicker right this is i believe it's a conservative approach I don't know. What do you think? And also... I'm risk averse, man. I'll take it really slow and steady. And I think most people should should understand what their risk tolerance is. Like, if they're listening to, like, me and, 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 and like, oh, I want to go fast and stuff, like, if it makes you anxious and nervous, like, it's not the thing. Like, the, what, like the, the goal here is you want to get to a 100K passive income so you're not stressed, right? So the goal isn't 100K income per year. Right, it's like the goal is really no work and no stress. That's what the real goal is. This is just we're just talking about the vehicle. Who cares about the money, mm. right? So, my question to you is: I've talked about this, and we've we've shared some strategies here. Where where can uh, you know what are the, what are the you know what am I missing? Like what are the what are the things that I like could be missing? What are the risks there? Before we continue today's pod, I want to ask you a few questions. What is your property investment goal? What type of properties do you want to own? How many? What size valuation property portfolio do you want to own? And how much net income do you want to be earning? Essentially, what's your magic number in passive income that you want to be earning? And do you know how to get there? And if you do, do you know how to get there in the least time possible with the least amount of risk? Sam and I have been helping people invest in property and build property portfolios for years. People who are now replacing their income through property, and we want to help you do the same. Right now, for a limited time, we are offering free property coaching to our listeners. We won't be able to do this forever, of course, so head to propertypals.au forward slash coaching. That's propertypals.au forward slash coaching to see how we can help you achieve your investment property goals. Link will be in the description too. Well, the risks are going into commercial too soon, um, and we should do, we'll do a whole session on this. Is yeah. um, you know, commercial because it is so heavily based around the business cycle. You know, you, you can get down downturns, and it obviously depends on the asset type as well, um, because you're reliant on a single business or you know, high. Oh, more likely, I'd like you to see like if it's a one point five million dollar purchase having at least two, maybe even three tenants in that one commercial premise. So therefore you're reducing that risk if they do vacate uh, for some reason that you're still getting income out of it. But that's the risk is you can buy an asset, uh, a commercial asset, and then the tenant might default. And then you're left with an asset with no tenant. You've got the debt on it. It's, it's a stressful time. And um, you might be waiting three months to get a tenant back in there, and you might have to offer a, another three-month rent incentive to get someone in there. Yeah. It's, a, it's a different ball game, uh, and obviously, it's just a numbers um, a numbers scenario with a, with a high level of due diligence. So it's um, just really important to to 
to scratch deeper with the commercial side and get your head around it because as I said before residential is easy to get your head around um, than commercial but once you understand how commercial works it's it's really numbers focused and it's, it's probably more easier to ascertain the, its value its true value because yeah. it's, it's a it's a business essentially like what you talked about in our last podcast episodes, like just focus on the next step, like understand where you want to get to, but just focus on the next step and do the, make the best play in the present moment of the next step that you need to do. Um, and that could be, you get to two or three properties and you're like, oh, I'm like, I can, I can get there. I can do this, you know, move into a different like investment class. At the same time, people might think, oh, it's, you know, like it's like that's a slow they must think it's a slow path I think it's pretty pretty decent at the same time like you're waiting for your you're putting your money to work and you're waiting for it to grow mm. and that's a good point you hit on before too so it's just um, like the the strategies where a commercial straight off the bat is really good and that's mm. because they've got a really they've got a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines doing nothing and they're chasing that passive that passive income goal and if you're chasing that passive income goal then that's your direct path just go straight there yeah um, and then other strategies are like yeah if you've got you know, two or three residentials let's have a look at where that is in, in its own growth cycle it might be really good to sell it down to then go into that higher income play because you might really be at this stage in your life where it's seriously just one sell down and one purchase away from essentially traveling the world for the next you know 10 years right like yeah. depends on what your yeah. your budget is 100k you could be one one move away from i think so many people don't understand how like they have maybe one or two properties i don't think they understand how wealthy they really are mm. and what they can do with it because they could be one play away from not working yep and uh that's what i talk about with one of our friends on our last podcast episode i'm like bro i believe you could be like not working like with some smart moves and either now or very very fast and it's like it's yeah it just depends on where people are at like their comfort comfort comfortability levels and then education through this through you buying one or two residential properties and you're waiting for them to grow don't be waiting around like you've got this time to learn commercial Mm. you've got so much time to just learn commercial speak to people listen to this pod listen to other things um, have a chat to different buyers agents and you know that's what I'm doing is, is I'm, I'm just like speak I'm calling up lenders you know uh, that are doing commercial loans speaking to them I'm speaking to different buyers agents and just like sussing out the whole industry yeah and I've got a um, one of my good mates um, he's a senior commercial valuer so we'll get him on the, on the yeah, podcast Jakey. and um, there's a lot of value in this space and I just can't stress it enough like commercial is great it's also full of risks same as residential same as life really like I, mm. I always disclaim it but in reality you got to have a go it's not the hardest thing in the world um, and if you know shit hits the fan um, and the world ends as I said before um, you know it like it, it never ends the world will keep spinning on that front um, but having the right people and the right team on your side to even ask those right questions um, who see it every day like you can be the most educated person in the room because you've read so many books but I'm telling you now just getting into doing it it'll, it'll fast track that education yeah. and you'll learn more than any book will ever be able to tell you yeah absolutely theory, but yeah. theory versus action 
yeah, there's 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 a marriage of, of both, um, and people do sort of go in like I get clients like I want this and this and this and this in my next investment property, and it's like okay, cool. You've read a lot of lot of information, a lot of books. You've been uh, sold a lot of crap. Yeah, and now you have this perfect pipe dream. So let's start breaking it down, and um, that's kind of where my I guess strategy sessions start pushing more into now with people is just understanding what they've learned and then breaking it down further to see if that actually is what is um, best suited to them and their personality. Yeah. Uh, but there is you know, some really key strategic ways to get into commercial and re- going residential first to help build that deposit because it's making your money work harder for you in that growth perspective. You, know, you can do the sell down strategy and then you can also do the draw equity out strategy mm-hmm. to get into commercial. Mm-hmm. But your commercial is your income play in property. I mean... You can go into the rooming house side of things, which I talk about, and that's basically a residential house with um, you know, multiple income, multiple rooms uh, being rented out. You can also buy unit blocks, any units over three units in, um, on one title. That's a commercial loan anyway. But if you're chasing passive income, the, the commercial route is just a, it's, it's a far more efficient route because it's a net lease. Your tenant pays your outgoings. So it reduces your level of um, you know, personal time and maintenance required. Mm. Um, and it's also in the tenant's best interest to look after the property for maintenance because they're running their business out of it. So they've got clients coming and going. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I think we've, yeah, spot on. Like, uh, like leaning in, in on what you're just saying there is, we mentioned this a couple of podcast episodes ago, is like a lot of passive income streams uh, like a lot of people think that you need lots of passive income streams when the reality is like if you built a portfolio of 10 to 20 residential properties uh, that are earning you you know say 70 grand a year net after like waiting 15 20 years would you rather be owning that and managing that say 20 residential properties versus maybe two or three great uh, you know, assets that are in commercial that earn more money or the same amount of money. Like, it, it's it's why why like just larger assets, but less of them mm. that that perform better. Yeah, well, performance too. Like, I mean, depends what you you classify as performance. Correct. If you're wanting cash flow, commercial. If you're wanting capital growth, uh, yeah, residential. If you want to mix it both, then let's talk about that and getting the best of both worlds and yeah. being more like diverse in your approach. And yeah, I like, I always like diversity. I mean, if you get into any kind of investment sort of um, book or any education path that you could go down, they always talk about diversity. And there's no get rich quick scheme, in my opinion. Um, there's those that strike it rich quick, and you know, there's probably a, a large level of their past that have led them to get to that point in the first place mm. but um, yeah, yeah it's just talking to the right people at the end of the day and then taking the time to make the right decisions absolutely but yeah there's a more, more to come on the commercial front um, there's definitely a lot, a lot of value this is sort of step one to go well you know those that are holding residential investment properties um, you are you could be you know, you know one or two you know, deals away from hitting your, your income goal of 100,000 passive income per year you know you, you just don't know until you start talking to the right people and I mean that's what we're here for so please reach out hello at propertypals.au is our email and um, we'll put you in contact with the right people in this space but um, yeah and also if you have any comments please please leave them below we'd love to get your feedback and um, 
learn, do, teach, share, grow in this, in this world we're in. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See you on the next one. Bye for now.